Good morning. Uh, greet somebody next to you this morning. Uh, if you have children, you can send them on back. Um, feel free to go on Facebook and share and like uh, the page. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
thank you, Lord, that you will always be with us, Lord. No matter what, you are there till the end in Jesus' name. Thank you.
able to provide a way. I've dug too deep of a hole this time. He is saying there is a way. He is the God who saves. He is the God who can do mighty things. So we're going to sing the whole bridge one more time. And I want you guys to just think these, all of these things truly happened. He parted the sea and made a way when there was physically no possible way. They had no way they could not turn around. God always makes a way. And he wants to make a way for you. So declare this over your lives. Declare this over Hallelujah. your finances. Hallelujah. Declare this over the things that you are trying to oh, say no Lord. to. He will make a way. Yes, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only Turn me around and place my feet on solid ground. 
so glad to have you guys here today. If you're new, we would love for you to grab one of these connect cards on the back table and fill it out. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning. Amen. 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 Live streamers, by the way, it's good to have you. So wherever you're watching from, say hey. Uh, love to see you uh, jump on uh, the thread there on Facebook and say hello. If you have a prayer request, go ahead and post it. We'll pray for those right when service is over as soon as I get to look at them. But it's good to have you today. And uh, it, it's a rainy day, but hey, it's warm out. So that's nice. So amen. Amen. I think I think. Spring is shot sh across the bow. It's, it's coming, you know, so amen. I, I know my uh, track, you know, you guys know I coach track, right? I tell you that. So my athletes are going to be happy that they don't have to run in the snow tomorrow. So it's going to be nice. So yes, I was making them run in the snow. I'm sorry, but it's way it is. So anyhow, well, it's good to have you today, family of faith. Welcome. Turn to your neighbor and say, man, you just look very good today. It's good to see you. Let them know. Let them know. And you are telling the truth, I promise you. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Well, we're glad you're here. Uh, remember, as a, as a family of faith, 
We live by faith, amen? We value relationships, and, and we're rescuers, amen? All right. So uh, how about some announcements? But first, let's take up tithe and offering. If you have something to give, go ahead and prep it. If you need an envelope, raise your hand around, and one of these ushers will help you out. Amen. And how many of y'all give with a joyful heart? Amen. You should. I, now, now, I'm not just talking just about church, but I'm talking about in everyday life. When you're a giver, you shouldn't be like, oh, really? You know, I know, Holy Spirit, I felt I'm supposed to do that, but really? You know, if I give that, I'm not going to be able to buy coffee in the morning. Oh, no. It's just terrible. You know what I'm saying? I mean, all the things that, that we spend our money on have no value in eternity. But when you store up treasure in heaven and the Lord leads you in giving, listen, man, because remember, God supplies seed to the sower. But notice the seed comes to the sower. So somebody that's a sower is somebody who sows. But if you don't sow, then, yeah. So it should be with a cheerful heart, a joyful heart, a glad heart when you give. So our giving is a life of faith, but it's also part of our, our, our worship and celebration. Amen? All right. So Josh, I asked Josh if he'd come pray over the offering. So everybody say, hi, Josh. There you go. Come on down and you would pray for us in our giving this morning? Uh, uh, dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today to be extremely grateful for everything that you have blessed us with. Amen. You allow us to show our thankfulness and give back what you have given to us. Please bless everybody in this room and everybody on live stream. Is anybody who is willing to give to you, bless us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Do you notice that our buckets are actually planters? Yeah. That that kind of makes sense, you know. You, you're so, anyways, don't want to play into it too much. Anyhow, um, uh, some announcements for you real quick. Uh, uh, don't forget uh, church-wide prayer from 6 to 7 on Monday nights. And I'm going to talk to Samara and Justice and Christine about this. But not tomorrow, but maybe the following week we'll start having prayer in the new building. Sound good? And uh, so we want to we pray before we get there. Right? So we'll talk more about that. Don't forget about prayer. Um, parents of, of young people, 5th to 12th grade, don't forget March the 21st. That's three weeks from today, I think. Right after church, Pastor Tim from uh, Only Believe in Botkins, he's coming. We're going to go out and get something to eat, and he has, has a word to share with them. So it's going to be good. So uh, how long that's going to be, I have no idea. Just bank on a couple hours because uh, the kids wanted to go someplace. I don't think it's here in town where they want to go, but we'll come back here. But anyways, if there's ride issues or things like that, let me know. We'll try to figure something out. But that's March 21st, right after church. Also, um, on the back table, there's a yellow piece of paper. Uh, 40 days uh, to Easter started last Wednesday. Uh, in some traditions, they call that Lent, right? So Lent started on Wednesday. And it, we have a scripture reading guide uh, for 40 days of remembrance leading into Good Friday and Easter. So if you didn't pick one of those up, they're on the back table. It's just a simple scripture guide uh, for each day over those 40 days. And just put your focus on the death and resurrection of Jesus, because without that, our faith is in vain. Amen. All right. So um, pick that up at the back table. Also, if you've never been water baptized, you're saved, but you're not water baptized. Well, we need to do this and take care of this. So there's a sign-up sheet on the back table, and once we get a sign-up, we'll figure out what to do in that whole business. So if you have questions about that, you can see me. A couple other things. Uh, right after church today, there's two team meetings happening. 
uh, Sunshine uh, Nursing Home Outreach with Vinny. They're going to meet right after church. And also, if you had signed up for the uh, media booth, and what that is, it's, it's the words for the songs, videos, uh, scriptures, uh, Justice faithfully, faithfully works that thing every Sunday and Wednesday. But we need a team for him. So to, to kind of give him a break sometimes. Amen. So uh, if you had signed up for that, we're going to meet right after church, too. And if you didn't sign up for it, but you're interested in, in learning how to do that back there, just stop by. The meeting's going to take about 10 minutes. We're just actually going to uh, get a schedule going so you can start getting trained and, and things like that. So if there's a conflict, if you have a conflict, if you're off of sunshine, we also want to do this, see me, and we'll figure it out. All right. And last but not least, before we get into the word today, uh, Tom has uh, uh, a praise report, right? Yes. Come on up, Tom. But y'all know tomorrow's Tom's 85th birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Tom. Yeah. Oh, you, oh, you're gonna, oh, you want a microphone. Is that thing on, Justice? Here, let me help you. Oh, Did it work? I don't know. Hold, hold on, hold on. Let me help you. Hold on, hold on. One more pull. There we go. All right. We got you. Okay. Anyway, the song, there's no but nothing better than you. In January, we prayed for a friend of mine named David. Um, just out of the blue, he stopped doing anything. He just wasn't himself. He had no drive, no nothing. And a friend of his came to him and said, God sent me here. You have got to go immediately and get medical attention. So they took him to Ohio State. He was there. They found a severe uh, infection in his brain, the front lobal front. There was two separate infections. And he's had this battle with a, with a thing on his face that he didn't know what it was. It ended up being a skin cancer. They drilled holes in his head, relieved the pressure of the infection, fought the infection. And the doctors just said, that's it, put him in hospice, uh, let him go home. David and his wife, no, that's not the report we're believing. Amen. We're believing God's report. Amen. So they took him to Cleveland Clinic. Yes. He was up there about three days. The infection was cleared. They operated on the cancer. He was home. I talked to him yesterday. He's at his home. He's going to build my deck this summer. Okay. So praise God. Praise God. Prayer does work. Amen. So I Amen. Come to that Monday night prayer. Amen. Because the, the prayers went out all over this town. Yes. Mm -hmm. But David is. Fine and well and a Amen. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Tom. Happy birthday, Tom. So you go out, you go out in the town tomorrow night and just celebrate, all right? All right. Well, thanks for sharing, Tom. That's great. Where's Pat? She left you alone for your birthday. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. 
uh, one more thing real quick. Uh, a little bit ago, we were giving these out and updating our files. So if you haven't filled one of these things out, it just updates our files. So um, if, if you've never turned one of these in, please do so. They're on the back table. Pick one up, fill it out, get it to me, and that we can update what we have uh, for information if we ever need it. So anyhow, let's get our Bibles out today. Um, John chapter number 2, verse number 1 is where we are heading. Uh, last week... Um, we talked about repentance and the kingdom of God. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the words of Jesus. And John the Baptist was uh, proclaiming a repentance for the forgiveness of sins, and, and Jesus picks it up. And uh, so we talked about repentance, a little bit about the kingdom of God. So repentance is turning a new way, right? It is walking into the freedom of life that God has for you. Repentance is a call to life. Sometimes we think of the word repent, we think of it as a harsh word. No, it's a call to life, right? And, but we did spend a little time on the kingdom of God. But I want to talk about the kingdom of God today. And um, I just want to set a tone about the kingdom of God. In other words, uh, the life of the Christian. How, how many of y'all believe in Jesus? Yeah. How many of y'all have repented of your sins? Yeah. You are, well, not you know it, a citizen of the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, you're a citizen of the United States of America. All right, that's good. But we're, we're a citizen of a higher kingdom that transcends our citizenship even on earth, right? And all the great things we have in our country, there's something about the kingdom of God that's just so great, right? And in the kingdom is new life. But remember, the kingdom of God is a now and not yet kingdom. We, we see the effects of it in the world right now, but it's not here in absolute finality, right? Because there's still sin in the world. We, we still face things. There's a time where Jesus is going to come back and put the stamp on it. Remember we were saying last week, the kingdom's being, it's like the yeast being worked through the dough, like the parable that Jesus gave, right? And, but when Jesus comes, it's like saying we're going to bake the loaf. It's going to be done, right? So the kingdom is now. We see the effects of it. We see it in flashes. We have glimpses of it. We live in it, but it's not perfected yet. It's a kingdom. It's coming. But Jesus is king of the world right now, you know? He's lord of this world. Yeah. It's not just later when he comes. So the kingdom of God is another way of saying how God is making the world right, yeah. right now. The kingdom of God was inaugurated, it started with the ministry of Jesus. The linchpin, the, 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 the pinnacle of the entire thing is, is the death of Jesus, then his resurrection. That put the, the stamp on how it's going to work, right? That is the way. But the kingdom now has been affected. It, it, it's, it's flowing. Again, the yeast is working through the dough. But what the kingdom of God is all about is the redemptive work of God. How God is redeeming or saving this world. That is another way of saying the kingdom of God. By the way, the words uh, kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, they're interchangeable. They're synonymous. Uh, you can use them either way. The Gospels uh, interchange them a little bit. But the kingdom of God is God remaking our world through Jesus. Yes. Amen. Now, I want to focus on something today because I, I want to set a tone about the kingdom, and we're going to come back sometime after Easter. We're going to do a series on the kingdom of God. It's going to take a little bit. Um, I'd really love to jump into the parables of Jesus, and a lot of the parables of Jesus had to do with the kingdom of God. So we're going to get on the kingdom of God, get into the parables of Jesus, so we have a course uh, to jump into after Easter. But I wanted to kind of touch on it today, because uh, I want to set a tone in your hearts 
about what the Christian life is and its basics, okay? But I really want our church to be this. So it's one of the reasons I'm talking about this. Now, the kingdom, and because we are a church, a, a body together, we're still being fixed. You know that? Yes. Now, we've been saved, right? Yeah. New creation. But we're working this thing out. And in Paul's terminology, we're still being saved in a, in a certain way. And because of that, in the kingdom, there still is imperfect people, yeah. right? But we're in this process where, where God is doing something in us. So in the kingdom, there's still, in a certain way, if you want to think about it, like there's, there's still tears in the kingdom. Right. You know? Have you ever had these moments with God where emotionally you're, you're just broke down with him? Amen. Even those most macho of macho. I'm not a crier. You, you know, before, before my uh, whole cancer situation, you probably could have counted on your hand the number, I, number of times I cried in decades. I'm not a crier. Now, my emotions got all jacked up with the whole chemo stuff. But before that, I was not a crier. But even the most macho, macho, God, he messes with you, man. It just breaks you down. Because, because he's fixing you and he's changing you and, and, he, and he's bringing you to places and, and, and conviction draws things out. So we're still being fixed. So the kingdom is a place where there's still tears flowing. And that's good, though. But ultimately what's happening is when you see through that is the kingdom of God is a celebration. And you have to see it that way. Because we are being fixed, and if you really understand what it means to find redemption and in that forgiveness and new creation, these things working out in your life, when you begin to understand what freedom from sin really is, you'll see this whole thing is a celebration. That's what I want to talk about today. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I talked to, uh, to Samara and, and the team. I said, look, um, I, I love getting down into worship. But that shouldn't be all that we do in the church, right. right? We should be a church of celebration, too. Yes. We, we should be able to be free. Esau might get off the stage today. Yeah. That's okay. We're Pentecostal. Yeah. We're, we're, ne, ne, never, never be ashamed of your expression of celebration because the kingdom of God is a celebration. So I told Samara early on, I said, look, I'm, I'm glad we do what we do, but if we, we don't do stuff as a body together. Well, by the way, what's so cool about singing is we, we do it together. We're in unity. Even if you can't sing well like me, you still get a sing. We just turn it up just loud enough. It's okay. You know? And, and, but we're doing it together in unity. And one of the things we have to do together in unity is not just get down into worship, but get up in celebration. Because the kingdom of God, the church, should be a place of celebration, yes. joy. The, the joy of your salvation. Yes. Never lose it, right? So John chapter 2. Yeah, let's jump in here. And uh, two, two things we want to uh, check out in John chapter 2. But remember, um, John is the maverick gospel. We've been in the book of John on Wednesdays in the great I am statements of Jesus found in John so we're going to be in John uh, again this morning. John chapter 2, you have back-to-back -back, uh, stories here. The wedding at Cana, the first miracle of Jesus, and then, then Jesus cleansing the temple. We'll talk about that in a minute. But John chapter 2, verse number 1. On the third day, now, 
How many know when the Bible says something about the third day, that's good stuff? Yeah. And, and remember, John, you gotta, John is he's, he's smart. And he really brings things out in his gospel. And, and his wording and how he says things is important. So on the third day, that, what, what should that right in your mind bring out? The resurrection. Because Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, right? So on the third day, here comes the first miracle of Jesus. On the third day, let's see. There was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. Now, watch this. I want you to see something here. Um, I don't know what your thought about Jesus is when he was here on the earth as a human being. I'm not sure what you thought he did if he just prayed all day, fasted all the time, slept inside the, the, the temple. Jesus went to the wedding. And his disciples were there. Jesus was involved in normal, everyday life. He took his light to the where the people were. Amen. We should be the same way. You know? Well, we're not to be secluded off by ourselves, peeking out the church doors, hoping no sin comes in, you know, and then trying to live in this bubble. Get out and be involved in society, but take your light there. Don't live like it, but take your light there. So Jesus and his disciples, along with his mother Mary, was at this wedding. They were invited. Jesus participates in everyday life, and we're thankful for that, that Jesus is involved in my everyday life, right? Okay. And when the wine ran out, now you got to understand, you think about weddings, we think about weddings like we do. We have a wedding, then there's a reception afterwards that lasts a few hours, depending how crazy people are, and eventually that night everybody goes home. Weddings at this time went four days. It was a long celebration. So when it says the wine ran out, it's not like because they had a wedding, there was this giant kegger and everybody got toasted, and, and they ran out, so Jesus made more. No, this, this was stretching over days, and the wine ran out, right? Now watch what it says here. And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, I would never call my mom that, but whatever. Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come, but yet because he, he loves his mom, his mother said to his servants, do whatever he tells you to do. And there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification. Well, that's very symbolic. And each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to his servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, now draw out and take it uh, to the, draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when the people have become drunk freely, they then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. And this is the first of the signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. And after this, they went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and disciples. And they stayed there a few days. Water into wine. A celebration. The first miracle of Jesus extended a celebration. The first miracle that marked the inauguration of the kingdom of God took a celebration that was ending and extended it longer. 
The kingdom of God is a celebration. And there's so much imagery happening in this thing. You know, the wedding. So you got uh, Jesus, the bridegroom, and the church, the bride. Again, the celebration is extended. You, you have this image of, of a community coming together. So the kingdom of God is not just about you personally, but it's about us together. At this celebration, there's a feast, right? There's ongoing eating together at a table. The kingdom of God is not just a gathering together, but it is a feasting together, the provision of the kingdom together. Remember, uh, we, we talked about this it's a while ago. We as a church always want to seek to build a bigger table. Amen. Right? We want that. We want people to join the celebration of the kingdom. And certainly water to wine is symbolic of transformation. The kingdom of God is about transformation. Amen. Amen. That God is taking something and making it new. And, and, and wine in scripture is, is very uh, celebratory in the sense that uh, wine in scripture uh, always uh, signifies new. It signifies uh, provision. It signifies something very good. The kingdom of God is all these things. It's a feast. It's a celebration. It's a gathering together. It is what God is doing with us. We together are proclaiming and practicing the kingdom of God. That, that's kind of Bible talk for what we do. Your life being changed right here is the work of the kingdom. Your light shining through you, the, the, the light of Jesus shining through you is the work of the kingdom. Because in all these things, God's redemptive work is happening. So the kingdom of God is a celebration. And you got to get that in your heart. Christianity is not a dusty old religion. It's just a bunch of rules. Hoops you got to jump through to try to get to heaven, right? It's, it's not, remember, it's not a burden, it's not something that you have to do by yourself and try to make it. But the kingdom of God at its base level is celebration because the kingdom of God is freedom. And it's this extended wedding celebration of the bride and the bridegroom coming together in a feast where we're gathering with everybody, bringing everybody in, welcoming people to the table. And we should see our Christianity that way. We should see church that way. We should see the whole thing under this big umbrella that the kingdom of God is a celebration. And it should be the joy of our salvation that we live in. How many ever lost your joy? You know what I'm saying? How, how many, when you think about, uh, uh, maybe just basic things, going to church, sometimes you're like, oh. you know? No joy there. You know, the, the Bible says, we said this a couple weeks ago, the Bible says, uh, this is the day the Lord has made. But then David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. So every day is the day to rejoice, but especially the days we get to go to church. Because the kingdom is a celebration. Now, we come here, and this is like an emergency room. Everybody's got different things going on because we're all still imperfect and working this out, right? But wonderfully, we have the great physician. Because, it, okay, it's kind of like this. I can, be, I can preach a message, 
or, or the team can sing songs that don't touch what's going on in your life. You know that? That happens regularly. But thank goodness I'm not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit can get you right where you're at, right in your situation, no matter what. And, and because this is happening, this is this big thing is happening all the time. Every new person that comes here, just add one more person to the emergency room. This is, the church is not a place for perfected saints. The church is a place for people working it out, right? And because of that, there's still tears in the kingdom because we're being fixed. But when we start to see what God is doing, celebration will always be there. He will turn your mourning into dancing, right? That's the song we were singing, Graves in the Gardens, right? He will turn the grave of, of that part of your life into something flourishing. Amen. You know, uh, I, I was reading this thing, and someday uh, I'll show you this. It's so, so cool. In the Middle East, for, 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 there's just constant shells being shot across borders over there, constantly. It's just been in perpetual war for long, years and decades, right? There's a group of people that take these spent shells, these metal and they make art with them. And it's just the coolest thing because they, they make flowers. They, do, they take something that was that meant for, for harm and destruction and make something beautiful with it. That's what God does. That's graves into gardens, right? That is the work of the kingdom of God. And that is a cause for celebration, right? That's what the kingdom is about. But I want to show you something here. And... and kind of goes uh, right after this. So, verse 13 of John 2. So the Passover of the Jews was, was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons, and, and the money changers sitting there. So in other words, you had to come offer your sacrifice, right? And there were people sitting there selling this stuff. You had to use, they, they were making money off your forgiveness, that's no good. That, that'd be like me saying, okay, uh, at the end of the service, I'll pray for you, but you got to put money in the bucket first. Then I'll pray for you. Yeah. That's bad stuff. God's, you know, lightning bolt me. That's not good stuff, right? So they're profiting off, off the forgiveness of the sacrifice in the temple. And, uh, and he saw that in verse 15. And making a whip of cords, he drove them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. He poured out the coins on the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeon, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. And his disciples remembered that was written, zeal for your house will consume me. Now, there's something interesting about this. In the other Gospels, um, clearing of the temple was placed at the beginning of the Passion Week, later in the life of Jesus. John puts it right here at the beginning. So there's two theories about this. A, Jesus did it twice, or John is making a point. I'm rolling with the latter. John took a chronological story that happened the week of his crucifixion and put it right at the beginning behind his first miracle because he's making a contrast. He's contrasting the wedding at Cana with driving out the, the, the sellers in the temple. That this religion that had become something it wasn't supposed to be is not what it's about. 
But what it is about is the celebration. And the celebration drives out the religion of what it's not supposed to be. Right? And now, ultimately, by the way, people use this Bible verse as an excuse. Well, I can get mad. Remember, Jesus drove people out of the temple, whipped them with a whip, and flipped the table. No. Jesus, you can't do that. Jesus was ultimately pronouncing judgment on the temple system with this. That's what he was doing. It was, a, it was a prophetic act. It was a living parable of what was happening to the temple system. Not only his replacement of it, but then, you know, 40 years later, the Romans knocked it down. They destroyed the temple. So it's a prophetic act lived out, right? But he's saying this. Look, the cele- John is saying the celebration of the kingdom, this wedding that Jesus... Now watch this. Je- listen to this. Jesus prolonged a celebration... And drove out religion. Okay? He prolonged a party. Symbolic of the kingdom. And then drove out a structured religion that became what it wasn't supposed to be. Don't let the kingdom become a religious uh, structure in your life that is dull and broken and becoming what it's not supposed to be. The kingdom is a celebration. Right? You've got to see it this way. We can make Christianity and all sorts of stuff where it's not supposed to be. Legalistic, a bunch of rules. A bunch of hoops you got to jump through to get to heaven. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying there's no holiness. I'm not saying we, we get uh, uh, soft on sin. We'll talk about holiness coming up because I always have to follow up that after this. But the point is, it's a celebration of freedom in your life. Yes. Think about it this way. If you find true freedom from sin, we won't have to talk holiness too much. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to hit it so hard because, because we're setting, being set free from the damage of sin and then the living in sin in our life. And therefore, that is a cause for celebration, right? Dusty old religion versus a celebration. I want our church to be a church of freedom and celebration because of what the kingdom of God is doing. Yes. I don't want our church to be a religious structured system that just turns old and stale and Jesus needs to come flip our tables. I don't want him to have to flip our tables and drive out what shouldn't be here. I want us to be in a place of freedom. Okay? Because God is doing something in our life. So the kingdom of God is about reconciliation. What's that mean? Right relationship being restored with God. The kingdom of God is about restoration, things being made full again, right? The the image of God being repaired, life in the full, God intends it to be. And what's wrapped up in that is new creation. When something is being made new, we celebrate. When a baby's born, what do we do? We celebrate. Why? Why is brand? It's new. And now, now it just didn't start when it was born. We know all the way back conception. But this whole process of of of, of, of being pregnant and birthing—that that whole thing's a big celebration. Then all of a sudden, life comes. Everyone wants to hold the baby and smell the baby. And it's, it's the greatest thing ever, right? Why? It's a celebration. It's new life. Yes. Never lose the sense of new life in the kingdom. Amen. Right? It's a celebration. Now. 
big picture thinking, and a couple things after that. God is rescuing and reclaiming us. He is rescuing and reclaiming his creation, and he will finish the job. But the great thing is we're in on it. We're in on it. You will find celebration in the freedom that comes in how God is fixing a messed up world, and particularly in how he is fixing you. Right. Amen. Abundant life. Tom's story today, his testimony, abundant life. And we clapped and cheered. Why? God is doing something. Do you see what he's doing in you? Does that make you excited? I hope so. Do you see that in, in what's happening with people in, in, our, in our gathering? Does it make you excited? I hope so. And people, it doesn't, that, that gentleman doesn't even go here. We don't care if they go here. We're just excited anytime, anywhere God's doing stuff. I don't care if we hear revival breaking out in Brazil. We're going to celebrate. Why? It's the kingdom. And the kingdom is wherever God shows up. It's a kingdom not of this world having a foothold in this world. Where is the kingdom of God? It's within you. And it works through you and it swirls around you. That's the kingdom. So let's, uh, uh, oh, by the way, Wednesday night we, we talked about Jesus said, the great proclamation, I am the resurrection and the life. What, where was that, what, what story in the Bible uh, was that found? The, the story of Lazarus, right? Lazarus dying, Jesus going, uh, sisters meeting him, Jesus proclaiming, I'm the resurrection and life. Then, then he goes and raises Lazarus from the dead. Raising La- so the wedding at Cana was the first sign, the first miracle. Lazarus in the Gospel of John was the last sign, the last miracle. Very symbolic, the last thing is, is the resurrection. Us being resurrected to eternal life. Now, you want to talk about a celebration. Holy smokes. I don't, we can't comprehend what's going to happen when that happens. Right. So it's kind of like this. Uh, I always talk about this when I, when I officiate a funeral. We live in a world, because it's very imperfect, where, where there's mourning, and, and, and there's loss and all these things of an imperfect world, how they impact us. But you know what mourning does? Mourning is mourning's a protest that this isn't right. When, when you go to a funeral and your loved one has died, you're mourning, you're crying, it's hurting. That is saying, God, this isn't right. This is not what you intended. And what that mourning does, it it carves deep wells within us for the capacity of joy that's fulfilled in the resurrection. When God fixes all this stuff that caused mourning in our world, he's going to fix it. And we get to live in it. That there's going to be such a celebration in what's to come. And, And the joy unspeakable that we will experience because of what we've experienced in this world. God has taken us that way. See the big picture there. Luke chapter number 15. Let's let's go to the Gospel of Luke. Go back one book in the Bible. Just want to highlight a couple things. Then then we'll close up. Luke chapter 15. So you you got three parables listed in Luke 15. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the prodigal son. 
So we're not going to read all these, but let's just make a point. So there's a sheep that's lost, and it's found in verse 6 of Luke 15. And when he comes home, and he calls together his friends, saying to them what? Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, verse 7, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. The sheep is found, what's it set off? Celebration. Where? On earth. And also where? In heaven. All right, here's another one. Parable of the lost coin. The woman loses a coin. She looks for it until she finds it, verse 9 in Luke 15. And when she has it fa found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angel of God over one sinner who repents. Amen. Finds a coin, what do we do? We call our friends together and do what? Celebrate. Where do we celebrate? On earth and also where? In heaven. The kingdom is a celebration. Yeah. Parable of the prodigal son. This is, about, this is a little different. Sometime we'll come back and really talk about this. So we know the story. The, the, the young man takes off, takes his father's inheritance for him and leaves. And wastes it all and ends up in, in a bad situation. And he thinks, if I just come home, he may not accept me again as a son, but, but maybe as a servant. Because my, his servants get treated much better than what I'm living right now. So he takes a chance. And remember, he's coming down the road and his father sees him far off. And what, what does the father do? He runs down the road to his son. We serve a God who runs after us. You know that? Because he is so excited for those who come back to the kingdom. So excited. Now, really, the contrast to this story is the brother. The, the, real, the real character of the story ends up being the brother, because Jesus was telling this to, to try to teach people a lesson, because people are coming to the kingdom, and, and those that were, were religious were upset about it. They didn't want him to come, trying to elbow people away from the feast. You, you don't deserve to be here. You don't know how hard I work to be here, you know? So Jesus is digging at the, the brother, and the brother wasn't having any of it, Right? But, but I want you to see something. Maybe I'm playing into the words a little bit too much here. But uh, verse 22 of this. And we know the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead, is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. But the brother was in the field, right? And let's see. Let's jump down here. Find what, oh, uh, verse 25. Yeah, we'll just keep going there. Verse 25. Now his older son was in the field. As he came and drew near to the house, he heard what? Music and what? Other translations don't even have music there. And he heard dancing. Now, I'm not, I don't know if I'm playing too much in this, but these people were celebrating so hard that his brother heard dancing. He heard the music and the dancing far off. 
All because the son came home and there was reconciliation, there was restoration, there was new creation, and somebody was added back into the kingdom. There was a celebration on earth and a celebration in heaven. The kingdom is a celebration. And you need to live by this truth in your life. That you see what God is doing in you. And it just sparks that joy of salvation. And you live in joy. Joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit, right? It is something that should be growing in you because of your understanding of what God is doing in your life. Now, we come together as a church. Yeah, yeah, this is an emergency room, but guess what we get to do? Celebrate. Because even though there's a lot of stuff going on here, God is doing something in us. And we should celebrate when we come together. Because what do you think the new heaven and new earth is going to be like? We're going to live in this joy of finding the fulfillment of what life is supposed to be, right? We're going to live in an eternity of right relationship with God. and, 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 And you think all the things that we struggle with now will not be there. But the kingdom's already happening right now. It's a celebration. So here's my challenge. As a church, I want us to be a church of celebration. I want us to be a church that when we come together, we're bearing one another's burdens because, yes, we're still being fixed. And, yes, God is fixing us, and, yes, there's going to be tears and all these different things. With that, though, we see the big picture of what's going on. And that big picture of what God is doing among us personally and as a whole should cause us to consistently celebrate together what it means to be a citizen of his kingdom. Amen. So now, again, I told you before, I'm not much of a crier. I am not. Again, the whole picture is I'm not a very emotional guy. Just be honest with you. And I'm I'm much of an introvert. I'm not an extrovert. So you get a large crowd of people. I'll be in a corner somewhere chit chat with somebody. But I will not be in the middle making a lot of noise. That's just not me. It's not about your personality. You don't got to do what Mike did this morning. It's okay. Mike can do that. That's his personality. That's but it's not me. I'm I'm not going to be. You know, I've been in services where people are like running around the room. I'm just like, what in the world is going on here? You know, I'm not going to be trucking around the room. I promise you, if they're they're chandeliers in a new place, I'm not going to be swinging off of one of them. Okay, that's just not me. But man, when we get together, when we get together, I find a joy in my heart. And it comes out somehow. You can't bottle it up. It's like dropping a menthos in a bottle of Pepsi. It's going to get out. You know what I'm saying? But it should. Why in the world would a world that is lost want to jump in on something that's just dusty, old, religious? They want to come to a celebration. Like a wedding. Where good things are happening. And all Jesus does, he just keeps making the party go. He's just, if you want him to, he'll keep changing water into wine. He'll just keep it going if you want him to. But that's what we get to have. And it's something that we should live in. Amen? No matter where you've been, he'll pick you up and put you through. Right? 
All right, let's pray. I went a little long today. I'll get you out of here. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for the redemptive work of the kingdom. That your kingdom is what we need. Even if we don't know it, we need it. Your kingdom is the only way things that are wrong will be made right. Your kingdom is the only place we will find true freedom. Your kingdom is the only place where we will become what you intend us to be. Your kingdom is where we want to live. And I pray as individuals, but as a church, that we are in on what you are up to, that we're taking the gospel to the world and letting them know there is true freedom in Jesus in so much of a way that it's, it's this life of celebration. And we thank you for that. And we praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I want to hear it when we get together. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 when, we, when we worship together, man, I want to hear it. I want to hear, Tom, Tom came up to me and said, man, I got, I got something to share today. Oh, let's go. I want to hear what's going on, right? Let's be a church that we're so out with what God is up to that, that we see the, you are encouraged by each other. We're encouraged in our worship together. We need to be out with what God is up to. Because the world is out with everything else. How about we be out with what God's up to? Amen. Amen? Amen. All right, we'll see you Wednesday night.